are back in the Football Shed, the podcast for football fans that live in the wrong time zone. My name's John Hewitt and Jeff King is here. G'day. And Roger Gibbs is here. Hello. And Roger's on his phone. Roger, what, you, you've got other things to do, other places to be? Well, you, you challenged me to find another Bristol City fan in Australia. And so I'm <laughs> frantically trying to find a uh, fan group in Australia and I can't. <laughs> Even though we we do have Bailey Wright, who's obviously an Australian or did have, oh, I believe, remember still there, but um, obviously, uh, obviously, <laughs> I'm I'm not finding one easily. Um, Jeff, did you uh, bring a beer or beverage with you this evening? I did this week. I'm on um uh Pabs Pabs. Uh, oh, the hipster Pabs beer, blue ribbon. Yes, it was on sale, which is great. <laughs> so it, it fit into my price range of cheap. Excellent. Rog, did you uh, bring something uh, exciting to... Uh, well, it's... Um... Oh, God. No, no, no. No, I've uh, I've had to uh, blend in with the locals in regional Victoria because <laughs> I've ran out of my um, uber hipster delicious beers. So I had to go to Dan Murphy's, unfortunately. But I'm drinking Stone and Wood. Oh, Which I actually school. think is a really delicious generic beer. So you spent the last five years drinking wanker beers. You could have just been drinking Stone and Wood. And you I still fine. drink Stone and Wood occasionally. It makes me feel like I'm on holiday. <laughs> well, and I you can bought... you can smash like six of them and it feels like you haven't had a drink. Guess what I bought? Audi Red Wine. Seeing in the new season... Well, As yes, you mean to go on. This is the first one back having uh, had one week off between two seasons. And so this is the first shed of the 2020 and 21 season. So it's our time to do our predictions, which is always an exciting time of the year where we lay on the line who we think is going to win the league and get relegated and stuff and then take the piss out of each other for the rest of the season when we get it wrong. <laughs> but uh, before we start that and do the predictions, I'm going to do a bit of admin and then we'll do a question. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, um, ask us a question, tell us we're wrong about something, just f- search Football Shed on Facebook or email us at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and of course, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review and of course, tell your mates so more people can hear us talk football. This week's question is about the first weekend of the Premier League season. So we're about to have the first weekend of the Premier League season, which is always a bit of a weird one because you never know if teams are going to be good or shit or what's going to happen. How many players have scored a hat-trick on the opening day of the oh, Premier League season? Great question. Um, Since 1992, so this is Premier League only. Four. Two. Seven. Huh. It's actually quite a lot. As many loads, yeah. Yeah. Any chances of uh, naming any of them? Thierry Henry? Nope. Alan Shearer? No. One of them played for Everton. Gary Lineker? Wasn't, wasn't playing for Everton at the time. Gary Lineker didn't play in the Premier League. Robert Lukaku? Kevin Campbell. Oh, KC. <laughs> Big KC. Les Ferdinand? Uh, no, Mickey Quinn. Oh, this, we're, never, we're not going to get anywhere with this, Rog. Go on, just, right. John, just go. Matt Letizia. <laughs> uh, oh, Ravinelli. Do you remember when Ravinelli yes, came in his first yes. game for the hat-trick? Dion Dublin. Um, Gabby Agbon Lahore. Really? Oh, yeah. 
I don't think that's probably the only hat trick he ever scored. That was his highlight. That was his single highlight. I think those were the only three goals he ever scored. <laughs> Poor Gabby. And the last one was uh, in 2010, Didier Drogba. Uh, oh. Do you know it's that? It's been 10 years that, since someone's done it. That Ravinelli hat trick that season. Mm. So was that 96? Mm-hmm. Janino um, won player of the year that year. Isn't that weird? Isn't that like for the whole league? For the whole league. Didn't they get relegated? Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> it's just so weird. Like you think, you know, everyone loved Ravinelli and he scored lots of goals. Janino won player of the year. Middlesbrough got, go, they did get to two finals. They got to the League Cup final and the FA Cup final. And got relegated. Both and got relegated. Yeah. And he was amazing. Um, so let's get stuck into our predictions. So every year we pick the champions, the rest of the top four, the relegated teams, the top scorer, the player of the year, our surprise player of the year, which you can decide what surprise means for yourself. Flop player or team, this can be player or team. And the sack race, the manager that's going to get fired first. And then one wild card that might happen throughout the season. So let's start at the top with champions. Jeff King, who's going to win the league this year? Well, this, this wrote itself. Everton. Okay, right. I love how much your levels of optimism have changed in a week. This is so good. (laughs) Hear me out. Firstly, you made me sit through an interview with the head of the Liverpool fan group yesterday. Hello, Wayne. (laughs) Quick shout out to Wayne. It was very good, but I really had to suck it in for for that. So, if it it wasn't for that, I'm not sure I would have reacted so frivolously as I have done today. But I needed to kind of get a bit of pride back. So, I think um, Everton are going to win the league. (laughs) <laughs> Obviously, Mes <laughs> Rodriguez is a game changer. Look, we spoke about this at the end of last season. There was a huge gaping black hole in the middle of Everton's midfield, midfield, and they've just filled it with three world-class players. That's the only problem world, Everton have. Whoa, whoa, whoa! World-class, world class. Yes. Can you? Can you? I feel like can we just stop? <laughs> take, take a break. Take a step back. And then, Jeff, who is going to win the league this year? Everton. Why wow. not? Tell me why not. No, no, stop. No. But don't tell me why not. But, but just tell just, me. You, tell me it's impossible. You had them. It's impossible. You had them finishing fourth last year, which, let's be honest, got a laugh to of similar levels that me and John just laughed there. So are you was, telling me, Rog, they've not improved optimistic. since last year? Things I, did I not go brilliantly last year, and no, they've yet improved. They've you improved have now. found levels of optimism. <laughs> to not even consolidate that fantasy fourth place, to actually go beyond that and be champions of the world. I just feel like, no. you know, Decore, Alan, it's it's excellent stuff. I think DCL is going to score 25 goals. I just think that this is our year. It feels, can't you feel it? No. I, I, did think that, <laughs> I did think that you were going to maybe put them in top four, but then I was like, I've, I'm surprised if they'll come top half. To be honest, oh, well, this, this is going to be fun. I'm going to there are going to be egg all over your faces as we travel <laughs> through this season. Get ready to be eating some eggs. Um, Rog, who did you go for for winning the league? Uh, I haven't moved very far from Everton geographically, <laughs> uh, but perhaps I've moved quite a long way in terms of um, realistic ambitions for the title. Uh, I've gone for Liverpool, John. So you reckon they can defend it? They can do it all again? I do. Uh, 196 points in two seasons 
only four defeats. Two of those came after they'd won the league last year. I think the... I wouldn't be going for Liverpool if they would have won the league in normal circumstances last year. I think there is still a massive driver at Liverpool to be able to win the league in front of their long-suffering fans. And I just... It's more... No one's talking about Liverpool. Nothing yeah. flash. Um they haven't signed I, anyone, is that I haven't concern? signed anyone. I still think they've got the best defence in the league. They've got the best keeper. They've got the, the most settled team and way of playing. And I kind of feel like if it's possible, they're being underestimated a bit. Um, <laughs> and I, I think they'll grind out results better than the other teams. And I think they'll win the league. Well, I've gone for Man City. So I, I was, it's obviously going to be between Man City or Liverpool. I think or, top or two Everton. or Everton, <laughs> not Everton. <laughs> <laughs> but my theory, this, I think Man City last year were crap. Really, like to finish fifteen odd points behind Liverpool, it was more than that. I think it's not good enough for Man City. I think they've got the financial fair play dodgy thing sorted, um, and I think. Their squad size is going to make a big difference this year because their squad depth is so good and there's going to be a lot of games in a short amount of time. Liverpool's squad depth isn't quite there. So I'm concerned that if they lose one or two players, people get injured, um, then they're going to really struggle. Whereas Man City basically have two first teams that they can just go, yep, take that one out, put that one in. And I think that's why Man City are going to win it this year. See, I'm not I'm not sure, John. Uh- I'm not sure they fixed their problems that they had last year in the transfer window yet. This might change in Nathan the coming Ake. weeks. But that's the thing. Nathan Ake is not the solution to their problems. That They've yeah. got Nathan Ake's. I don't know why they just they just put £40 million down the toilet to have the same, to be in the same defensive position as they were before their Nathan Ake purchase. So he's just, he's not the answer. No left back, no right back, no centre backs. So I don't see how they can... Because this is, the, this is the thing. They scored so many goals last year and they, and they looked phenomenal going forward. And, you know, they've got the best player in the league in Kevin De Bruyne. And, and you know, everyone's just jizzing all over Foden when he's not jizzing all over models. And, and, and I feel like they, they, they have a gaping problem that they have not yet addressed. And who knows? By the time the season starts in a few days, I might have signed Koulibaly and yeah. I'll be my words however they haven't yet I think they need and... to though Jeff I would say I agree with you I, I think and Guardia we shouldn't be surprised if Guardia doesn't address it because he's got a track record of not addressing you know the, the centre of his defence and I just I, I do have some concerns about that because they've conceded too many goals and I just think they will again unless they fairly dramatically address that Fernandinho is another year older you know they can't continue to rely on him to do everything it's every funny, week I, I, I think most of I their think players we... are another year older this year <laughs> <laughs> you're an idiot <laughs> I think Roger's given up already we've only got through the first prediction so I've gone for Man City Roger's gone for Liverpool and Jeff has gone for Everton to win the league um, Rog, who's the rest of your top four? Uh, Man City, for obvious reasons, are finishing yep. second. Uh, Man United. Yep. And Chelsea. Boring. Hmm. <laughs> What'd you go yeah, for, John? I've gone for Liverpool, um, Man United, and for fourth, I've gone Wolves. Oh. oh. Okay. Okay, talk me through that, John. Well, tell us who you've got before we... Uh... 
Okay, I went for Liverpool. I think it's going to be a Merseyside top one and two. (laughs) (laughs) Man City third and United fourth. Okay, so we've all got United in the top four. Um, Yeah, I've gone for Wolves because they're not in Europe. Um, I think they've signed well. Um, This new Fabio Silva looks like he might be brilliant. He's an 18-year-old kid. Um, And I think... There's not any noise around Wolves. Like, Man United have trying to sign Sancho. Chelsea have signed every guy under the sun. Um, Liverpool and Man City are going to run away with it. I think Wolves could quietly just go about their business um, and come forth. I think there's... I, I looked at the league. There's nine teams that could finish in the top four, if you include Everton. <laughs> and, um, but there's generally nine teams that look. will start this season going, we can get into Europe. Um, and I think people are going to take points off each other. I think Man City and Liverpool aren't going to be as far ahead as they were last season because of the way the format's going to be and because there's going to be more games. And so I think it's going to be about being consistent and getting your 1-0 wins and not having too many games. So Wolves don't play in Europe. Um, they can they know how to win 1-0. Uh, they've got a goal scorer and they've signed a few good players. So, yeah, Wolves in fourth. It's interesting. Who said Chelsea? Rod, you said Chelsea. Mm. Talk me through that. Well, I think fourth is as high as they'll go. I did, I undenied on my, I think the top three are fairly set for my mind. I think, I don't, I think United will struggle to improve on where they finished this year, which was third, but I can't see them going backwards. You know, as much as anything, you've got a full season from Fernandez and, and hopefully Pogba. Um, you know, and there's their front three are all young, so there's growth there. So if they can kind of sort out some of those defensive um, issues, then I, I don't think they've got enough to win the league. But I can't see United going backwards. So that left fourth, and I'm kind of with John on this. I think there's there's four or five teams that that could get it. Um, I think that Chelsea have spent a lot of money, um, but they have bought in quality. It's not just but no defenders bringing in, bringing in no defenders. Silver. So again, they have. I completely agree. This is why I don't have many higher because I don't think they've addressed their their main. Well, they bought a left back floor in. from last year. I don't think he's the answer, by, mm. by the way. But I, I, I don't think they've addressed that part of their team. But geez, they've got some attacking riches now and depth. You know, like I, I just um, and I really, really rate uh, Havertz, who they've just bought in. I think he's a very good. But um, won't Frank just fuck it up? Like, is, will because you've you've got all these attacking players that are amazing, look great, but also Frank Lampard doesn't seem tactically that astute, and he's not had he's had young guys, and now he's got to integrate these people he's paid lots of money for, keep all the young guys happy, keep everyone going in the same direction. Um, is Solskjaer that tactically astute, John? No, but he doesn't pretend no. to be either. But he's got good players. So I think there's an element here of Chelsea have some very good attacking players. They'll lose too many games to be challenging for the league, but I think there's enough in that last third that they'll get fourth. See, it's, it's interesting because um, for the for the first time in the football shed, we, I've, we're going to have to back up our comments because we've got interviews. We've got an interview with the Chelsea fan club bloke in, in the coming <laughs> weeks. But, I, I, you know, I actually, um, I agree. I think they're going to be a basket case. I, I don't think that they've got a defence that will keep them anywhere near the top four. I've definitely not got them in the top four. I don't think Lampard's going to make it past halfway through the season. Um, what was the point in last year 
blooding through all of those players and giving them the experience if you're going to replace them in the summer? What, yeah. Why? Like, I get that they got the Champions League football and you go, well, the point is they progressed as a club because they're in the year before, whatever. But why give that experience to those players? Why hold firm in January when you could sign sign people? Why do that if you're then going to replace them all? They're, of course, they're going to be unhappy. They thought they were in and they're not. And, and the, the unrest that was so, you know, you can you can play with all attacking players if you're as astute as Guardiola and you still concede goals. Frank Lampard is not as astute as Guardiola. He will concede a bucket load. Um, we all picked Spain United in the top four, which I didn't expect. I ummed and ahed even. I was uh, thinking about it. I, I, I have a feeling Spurs are going to do quite well this year. Um, Jose, I still can't stand um, and think he's a bully. And having watched a bit of the Amazon documentary, he's a bully and he's not a nice man. And I don't think he's a good man manager. I, I think the opposite and about Spurs. Anyway. I, yeah, I just, I've got a feeling they might do okay this year. And I, I don't mind the signings they've made. But yeah, all of us went for Man United, which does that mean we have faith in Oli now? Well, the the run they went on towards the you know the post COVID hmm. season end, I think, was excellent. Um, I don't think he did too much, but I think the team was was flying, absolutely flying. Fernandez and Pogba did make a good combination in the midfield. Greenwood was came out of nowhere and has been excellent. So I think that they've got... Martial started scoring again. Yeah, they've got every chance to be in the top four. And so much so that that I think that the momentum will drive them on. The season's not been over too long and it's about to start again. And they they are coming off good form. So I don't see why not. What about Arsenal then? Because Arsenal were having great form. Arteta apparently is a godsend of a coach. And they've... uh, well, I, I put him a bit in the Frank Lampard basket. I'm not convinced by Arteta, but I do think they've got a lot of improvement. They've probably got some of the most improvement in their team, I think, that the of all the teams that are challenging for the top four, because I really rate some of their, their young players coming through. Like, you know, think of like Saka having another mm. year. I think he's going to be a, a star this year. Um, you know, Martinelli, um, the... Um, They've got a couple of centre-backs coming back that you hope might yeah, Saliba looks good. So- solve their defensive woes. But I, I to me, they've got more question marks about them. That's why I didn't... I, I had them there with Chelsea. To me, it was between those those two for the top four. But I just feel like Arsenal have more question marks. On them. Yeah, I agree. They're not ready yet. And I, and I say that in the nicest way because like you, Rog, I see some good things coming. I just think the season started too early for them. I think they needed a longer pre-season. They needed to bed in to to make sure that they all knew what they were doing. Arteta needs more time out of games to to you know stamp his his style on the team. So uh, yeah, I'm, they just don't think they're ready yet. And they still need a midfield, the same as Everton. But it was a bit of a black hole last year, and I don't see them having solved that yet. Although, did you see Xhaka's pass for Switzerland the other what? night? Did he mean but- it? Did he yeah, mean it, really? Definitely meant it. Outside the left foot. Amazing. I think he had his eyes shut, John. I think he just swung. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's lapping it up. And I'm like, oh, look, check his eyes. Check his eyes. Get VAR out. Does it count? <laughs> it's offside if he's got his eyes shut. Um, let's move from the top to the bottom. Um, who wants to start with their three relegated teams? Okay, I'll go with this. Because I haven't picked a single promoted side. Wow. Oh, wow. That is a massive call. (laughs) (laughs) I think West Ham, Southampton and Brighton are going to go down. Wow. Wow. (laughs) That's 
Okay. Very not what I was thinking. Okay, well, I, go on, John. I'll, well, I'll say, yeah, my three, I've gone for Villa, Fulham and West Brom. I've Rog. gone through exactly the same. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> now, Jeff, explain to us why you've gone Southampton, Brighton and West Ham. I think West Ham are in a state, in an absolute mm-hmm. state. They've got to sell to buy and no one's in for their players. And they they sold um, Dean Garner to, yeah, West, to Brom. West Brom. And the... The Dildo Brothers came out after that sale to kind of defend themselves because they got so much stick for it, and rightly so. He's a top-class player. Even off um, the captain, Mark Noble, came out and was just yeah, like, Yeah, absolutely right, because it's, it's bullshit. And if you're a um, West Ham fan, you'd feel absolutely cheated by that. But they said, we've got six wide players, and he was the only one who anyone had bid money on, and we, <laughs> and we need to sell people before we can buy defenders. And when you hear that, you're thinking, you've made some mistakes here. Because if, if that's the lay of the land, that you'll take any money for anyone who plays anywhere near above the halfway line because you need to buy some defenders, that's a problem, real problem. So I don't think that um, I don't think that they've got a ch- chance. So let's see how um, you know Moyes is very good at leaving it late in the transfer window. Like he famously bought Fellaini at what eleven fifty eight in the evening. At, yeah, yeah for more than he needed you, to. You love Moyes. I'm surprised at this. I don't I just, think Moyes is great in the transfer window, by the way. But um, I'm surprised. No, that, I'm surprised that you've got him um, going down. Yeah, I just don't think that. I think West Ham are in a downward spiral, and I would be shocked if they would manage to arrest that with their current transfer dealings. I think that. Um, what about Southampton and, and Brighton? Yes, Brighton had a really bad post-COVID run of form. Um, and I think that even though he was slow, I think that um, Aaron Moy did offer a lot. So I, I think losing that in their midfield is is more dramatic than it might feel. Yes, Graham Potter is building something, but I just, I'm not sure that that's going to go well this year. And the last one is Southampton. We underestimate the amount of influence that Holberg had on that side and Southampton have sold their best players for years and they've always been able to come up with someone to replace them and I'm not sure that Southampton have got that on their books so wow can I I go first in refuting Jeff's go for it Rog um, (laughs) I don't think Holberg's that good so I don't think they'll have too much trouble replacing him I think he's very one-paced he didn't play post the lockdown reopening yeah I just I I don't think it was a great signing for Spurs. Um, I think that West Ham are in a bit of a pickle, but I think they've got enough to stay up. To me, it was really interesting. The way I did this, when I tried to think about my bottom three, I couldn't do it. Just mm. I, I couldn't come up with a bottom threes. So I did a whole table and then I found it quite easy. And, and I think there will be... Um, six or seven teams this year that are a little bit adrift from the the rest. I think there'll be a bunch of teams challenging for, for fourth. Um, you know, I think Liverpool Man City will be clear. I think there'll be a few in the middle, um, Everton. And <laughs> then I think there'll be a bunch that are a little bit worse than everybody else. Um, and to me, when I looked at those teams, Fulham, Villa and West Brom, have the least amount of quality in their squads. Like if Grealish goes, Grealish basically kept Villa up next year, particularly, but even, you know, they stayed up with the skin of their teeth. Mm. And I think that this year you've got 
Leeds coming up as quite a strong promoted team. Um, and so I'm thinking who else could, you know, could go down from there. Um, and so I think Villa are in trouble and I just think West Brom and Fulham will struggle. Yeah, I, I kind of did the same thing. I, on Jeff's Southampton and Brighton, I have them coming mid-table. I think Southampton really were good post-lockdown. Yeah, the Hoff, the Hoff is good. I yeah, the, Hoff. the rabbit hutch. <clears throat> um, and they've got something going there at Southampton. I think they've everyone's bought into it. They believe in it. And I think they're making something good. And the same for Brighton. And Brighton have got Ben White back from Leeds. Yeah, who's brilliant he's... last year. Um, and they've signed a couple of good young players. Signed, uh, talking of Everton, they bought... Um, What's Jensen Weir. Jensen Weir, David Weir's son, um, who's looked really good at 18. Um, but they, I just think Brighton and Southampton are actually going to do really well this year. West Brom are trying to buy Troy Deeney, which it's not going to rescue you. Um, Fulham. Oh, can I just defend it? I, I just think, did you see read Troy Deeney's comments last week? I love Troy Deeney, but I just don't think... He goes, I'm a Premier League striker. He goes, I scored, what, 15 goals last year with one leg? Yeah. And who, he goes, who do you choose to pick out? He goes, Haller scored four, Joel Linton scored two. and they Haller cost, was injured the entire year, cost, though. So was Troy Deeney. <clears throat> that's that's no, his I, point. I totally agree that I love Troy Deeney, but I just don't think he's the person to make West Brom that much better so that they'll stay in the league. I also don't think Bilic is a great manager. I think if you remember, if I think back, I really like Bilic. But I think of him more as a pundit than a football manager. <laughs> and I picture when he was last in the Premier League, like great to watch on the sidelines, lots of clapping and, you know, a character. But he is that he's a Mark Hughes coach. There is not a lot of tactical acting. Oh yeah. There was a, there was that great story at West Ham where who did he, who did he buy? Snodgrass? And he asked him where he wanted to play as he was subbing him on. Yeah. Yes. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> he said, where, where do you want to go? Left or right? He's like, What? <laughs> I just okay. yeah, but barring a whole bunch of signings coming in, I I just think um, those two will struggle. Um, I just wanted to mention Newcastle have not been mentioned to go down, and last year I think we all picked them to go down. So maybe now Steve Bruce is good. It strikes me they've done some really good business in the window. Great, I mean, yeah. But do you, but um, I kind of feel like I was thinking that I was like, wow, they're you know maybe these signings work. Well, I'm a bit unsure about Ryan Fraser mm. um, but uh, Jamal Lewis um, and Callum, Callum Wilson. Wilson and, and Jeff says, Hendricks and they're spending a bit of money and you're like okay good. yeah they all you know add something to that to that team um, where's it going to go wrong and I kind of feel like it might just because it's because <laughs> it, I just don't have a huge amount of faith in Steve Bruce um, so I kind of feel like it's waiting to go wrong somewhere but I, I hope yeah. I'll prove well, well luckily for Steve Bruce Slab and Billich is back in the league Um, let's move on to top scorer I've gone for Harry Kane Jeff Timo Werner ooh nice Chelsea man and Rog who have you gone for oh this was so tough this one it was really difficult I've got eight people listed down and one of them's not Timo Werner ah yeah I haven't got Timo Werner to me I I was going to go do you know, Raheem Sterling's 25. I was going to, Sterling was going to be my initial pick, but then I've gone with uh, Aubameyang just because wow. he beats up on the smaller teams. Like, he wasn't in my eight either. Like no other striker. Um, and he's coming towards the end of his 
career and I just yeah he 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 dines out and I think he'll just um he'll get enough he doesn't score as well against the better teams but I think he'll get enough against the poorer teams in the league to, to I would it. love it because the transfer window doesn't close until <clears throat> October if he leaves um, if he leaves yeah it'd be brilliant <laughs> see I, I was thinking <laughs> can I, I change if he leaves um, no. I thought about both of them uh, I instantly wrote off Harry Kane because yeah. he if, yeah, he does. I mean, that's a problem. And Mourinho's teams don't score a lot of goals. They but defend, my, my... they're pragmatists. And he was also, he's had no break. Yeah, he went on holiday, he came back, he's in the England squad, he's going to come straight back to football. And that, and that is it. And Harry Kane is a player who notoriously needs a bit of a break. He's always needed a bit of a break and he's never had a break. And he always comes into the season really slow and sluggish. Gets and injured I, I every that, year. Yeah, he's almost he's at the end of the season now without any time to recoup. So I'm not sure how many games he'll get this year. My theory on Kane was the fact that Mourinho's teams won't score many goals, but they'll put everything through one guy, and that's Harry mm. Kane, and he takes penalties. So I think if he plays 25 games, he'll score 24 goals. So I'm surprised none of you went for Timo Werner. He he scored. Sorry, Werner. Are you calling him Werner? Werner. Werner. Yeah. Last year he scored 28 and 34. The guy is a goal machine and he is so suited to the Premier League. His finish for Germany in the Nations League or whatever it's called last week is brilliant. I I just think he's going to be outrageously good and he'll score buckets. Is he going to compete a little bit with Pulisic in that they both sort of play that inside left role? No, I think Uh, Werner will play up top. Yeah, I think Werner will play number nine up top. I agree, yeah. Um, let's move on to player of the year. Um, Rog, do you want to go first? Um, Surprise player of the year, John. Not player no, of the year. No, it's player no, of the no, year. No, this is player of the year first. Do you know? No, Have you picked the player is... of the year, Jeff? Jeff's panicked now. I, I just picked a surprise player of the year. Well, Jeff, okay. you, I, I've got a little bit to say, so you can go. Um, <laughs> now, I, I think it was last year I had a whinge about this because I was like, is it the player of the year or the PFA player of the year? Yeah, do you remember I do this really every bored. year? So yeah. I went and I had a bit of a look at what the um, player of the year is made up of. So at the moment, and it has been since 2017, it's the EA Sports player yep. of the year. Um, so I was a bit scathing about it because it involves a fan vote which yeah. I don't like, like don't make it, you know, don't let the ignorant masses vote. Like look at what a state the world's in because of democracy. Um, so, uh, <laughs> but only accounts for 10% of okay. the vote. And then there is an experts panel um, yep. and they list all the experts. And I actually think it's quite a good cross section of football. So there's referees, there's, you know, pundits, there's ex-managers. It's, it's yeah. quite an interesting list. You can, you can go and look it up. Um, and then it's the captains of yeah, all okay. the clubs. Um, and that combines to come up with the player of the year. And I actually thought that that is quite a good metric of, yeah. no, of coming, up, coming up with the player. So I now feel more positive about it. Um, well, I'm glad, Rod, you're so positive. Uh, that was so boring. You didn't listen am. to that? Because that was so boring. That is the worst got, TV I've ever watched. I've got a photo of the panel. We can start going through some of those if you like. But my player of the year, um, I'm stalling, Jeff, so you could come up with your... No, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I And then I don't even know which one I'm going to go with, but I'm going to say uh, Dan Dyke. Oh, wow. Wow. I've uh, 
gone for Marcus Rashford. Mm. I think uh, Rashford had a really good year last year, and I think he's maturing. I think it's his time to shine. Be a superstar. Um, he's old enough. He's mature enough. He's been injured for England, which I think was him going, I've got a slight knock. I want to be ready for the season. I think he's ready to have a proper breakout year. I almost had him as top scorer. I think he could do uh, 25 goals this year. Um, so, yeah, I've gone for Rashford. Bruno Fernandes. Ooh, another Man United player. Mm, yes. Boo. Well, I mean, partly because he's excellent. The other part, because everyone loves him. And, you know, I wasn't actually listening to Rog there, but I'm sure he's just a popularity contest. I don't love him. Yeah, but you don't like popular things. You make it. You make a big effort to be like the guy who dislikes no, everything that everyone true. else likes. I have my own opinions. Okay, Rog, what do you think of iPhones? The jury's out. Well, yeah, there we go. So, <laughs> right. So you disliking Bruno Fernandes is just another nail in his player of the year coffin. <laughs> um, so who have we got? We've got Van Dyke, Bruno Fernandes or Marcus Rashford. Um, okay, now surprise player. De, Bru- or team. De Bruyne will probably win it, by the way. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely. <laughs> <laughs> He's the best player in the league. So. Um, so this is surprise player or team. You can pick a team if you want. Um, you can decipher surprise how you like. Um, Jeff, are you ready to go? Yeah. Go um, I've mentioned it before, but dear Ghana. Yeah, nice. So he signed from West Ham, as I told you a story a minute ago. He signed from West Ham to West Brom, was on loan in the championship last year at West Brom. He only scored eight goals, but I think the £18 million they paid for him is a snip. This mm. kid had the world has the world at his feet. In my opinion, he's like a... He's... He, He's very left-footed, so if, if you watch him, if he's got any faults, it's the fact that he he would rather um, he'd rather do a, a, a banana left foot swing with his eyes shut than he would kick it with his right. Like he's yep. that left-footed, but he's just such a phenomenal player. It, it feels like a young Zaha when Zaha was good enough to go to Man United that year, and I think letting him go for eighteen million will be. West Ham's biggest regret it's the equivalent of letting Lukaku go for 28 if you're Chelsea he will be that he will be that good in the Premier League this season is he a bit like this year's St Maximan I love the players you pick yeah yeah um yeah, he plays a bit like that he's so cheeky it's almost like a uh, adult terapt so remember terapt played for QPR but without the attitude this kid loves playing football he doesn't look bitter so I'm just really excited to to watch him if anyone if he's new to anyone listening to this just please Dean Garner type his name into YouTube and watch his reel of nutmegs because it makes (laughs) it genuinely brings a smile to your face that someone will do that on a football pitch in a competitive game and you get to enjoy it I am I'm really split between two maybe three but I think I'm going to go for Ethan Ampadu. So oh, okay. Ethan Ampadu has signed on loan from Chelsea to Sheffield United. You love Ampadu. Cut his hair off, isn't he? Yeah, he's cut all his hair off. Um, he's Feels like pretty... a weight's been lifted. <laughs> he, um, he's been on loan in Germany for the last two years. Uh, he can play centre-back or defensive midfield. He's played a lot for Wales for the first team. He's just really good on the ball. He's doesn't get rushed ever he can pass he can head he can tackle um and for me he's kind of a perfect three-man center back center back and he's going to um, Sheffield United who play three at the back 
Um, and I think he's perfect for that team. So yeah, Ethan Ampadu. Mm. Rog? <sighs> oh God. Oh, oh no. <laughs> so <laughs> I won't give you all my short list as I normally do. I will give you my runner up because I found it really, really hard to split these. My runner up is Shea Adams. Oh, as in Southampton, Shea Adams. Southampton. Yeah, nice. I yeah. think he's going to score lots of goals this year. He, he, partly because of what you've been saying, Jeff, about um, you know the seasons hasn't really ended. It's a continuation. He was having a really tough time, and then suddenly, towards the end of the year, after the COVID break, he started scoring goals. Do you remember he scored that really good um, the first time sort of lob finish? Yes, And then he subsequently scored another four goals. And suddenly I think it's clicked. And I think that I know you've got Southampton going down, but I actually, I think Danny Ings and Shea Adams are going to score a lot of goals for Southampton this year. So I think he'll be really good. But the player I've got as my surprise player of the year that you guys might not like is um, Minamo. Oh, Liverpool. Minamoto. Minamino, Minamoto, Minamino. I don't think it's Minamoto. That's someone else, isn't it? No, it's someone else. Minamino. 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 Yeah, no, that's fair. So this is, I suppose, is a funny one. I looked at it from my own opinion because Liverpool got in. Good, Rod. That's a good start. No, no, no. But, you know, not like as in I'm surprised. Not that I think he'll be a surprise player, but I'm surprised. <laughs> I when he arrived, I thought, you know, there's lots of talk about him, lots of hype. Seven and a half million is a snip, and you're like, okay, Liverpool have done done good business. And then what I saw from him last year, I thought, well, this guy's a bit crap. Just I really I was really unimpressed with him. Um and then I've been watching a bit of his preseason uh footage in some of the, the Liverpool preseason games and I've been reading a bit about him and he he's taken like super duper intensive English classes at the end of last year. Yeah, okay. Um he's come out this year, he looks really, really good. He does look very good. Liverpool uh we know that they take a while to bed their players in. Um he's now had that and I think this year, particularly as you've said John with the you know short turnarounds and things like that, you need a bit of squad depth. Um, I think that he will get a bit of football and he'll be really good. Yeah, you know, Wayne on our um, on our Liverpool preseason interview was was talking about him quite uh, complimentary as well. He was, he was saying that he's going to make a big impact this year. So I think he was his right. he was his pick of the to player oh, to watch this season. Yeah. So uh, yeah, there you go. I am um, a couple of others that I had on my list was Eddie and I can't say his name Nikita. Yeah. yeah. Um, at Arsenal, he looked really good for the under 21s the last few weeks. Um, and I think uh, Saliba, yep. William Saliba, the Arsenal centre back, is going to be He's really on my good list. And Ben White as another centre back, as you talked about as well. Right, let's go from uh, surprise player or team of the year to flop player or team of the year. Um, I'm going to go first for this one because I am 100% sure that I am right and I know who this is. James Rodriguez. (laughs) Jeff, respond to that. I am convinced it's going to be the biggest fall from grace. Jeff's been very excited this week that James Rodriguez has joined and he's brilliant. He's 29, he's passed it, he doesn't work hard, he can't play in a 4-4-2 and I think he'll play play really well for 
three or four weeks and then it'll just fall off a cliff and it'll get cold and it'll be like, why do I live in Liverpool? It's cold. This is awful. I don't want to do this anymore. And he'll be crap. Well, John, I've got, I've got a headline for you. Oh, go on. The name's Bond. James Rodriguez. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to be excellent. He is the eighth most followed sports star in the world on social media. That doesn't mean anything. No, but what it does mean is that Everton suddenly have signed someone who anyone, who people give a shit about. That is an important moment in in our lives. I think that that bloke is absolute class. He's, He's, look, he's too good for the signing he made. If it wasn't for Ancelotti, there's no way he would consider us as a club I, I think it's an amazing coup for a club like Everton to pick up a player he's like the that. perfect level of player who used to be excellent who can't find a club that will pay his wages so goes to a club that has a rich owner and will just go yeah we'll give you a shitload of money and make they're not giving him a shitload of money they're not giving him a shitload of money he's not on more than your average Newcastle West Ham player not, not in any way he's not even the top earner at Everton he's taken a massive pay cut to come to that club if you look at, I, I mean, John, I, I tend to lean more towards your way of thinking than Jeff's here. I have some <laughs> concerns that he's 29. He's never been super quick. He's had a fairly sort of stilted few years, which I think doesn't do much for your, you know, your continuity and, and form. But at his best, if he can get anywhere near it, he is a very, very, very good footballer. Mm. And I think his record is still pretty excellent from the last few years. If you look at things like number of chances created. And I think, you know, last year for Everton in a similar role that you imagine Hammers will be playing with Sigurdsson. Now, if when you compare the two, I mean, Hammers is, you know, He's Jamie Vardy compared to Sigurdsson. Like he's not quick, but I mean he's he's not running in quicksands. Uh, yeah, Sigurdsson I, does go backwards, and I think it helps that Ancelotti knows him. I think the team will be set up around him. And you know what? This is a fun. I could definitely see you being right, John. But at the same time, I really hope you're wrong because I, I I like Hammers, and I really really want to see him do well in the Premier League. And can we just talk about how enjoyable it is that we get to see whether it works? Oh, like, yeah. Like, oh, it, it's one of those yeah. things that there's so many narratives in the Premier League that to think that, you know, if you've both settled on Everton being a mid-table club, at least there's a reason to watch. At least there's something that you're interested <laughs> in. that will, And that, that in itself is a really pleasurable thing. We all get to live through whether James Rodriguez can make it in the Premier League. That's a great thing. I'm Jeff, pretty your sure whole the midfield Germans... is like that. Like You've got a whole new midfield. Like That is so exciting. I'm, I'm really excited to see Alan. Um, and Alan, 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 and, and, and I Alan, think James and Bernard. Yeah, I think, but I think signing them as a three, that's huge. It, but it fits because you've got you know Decore and Alan. They can both play football, but they work hard and they can do the work that Hammers won't do. So I think they they can they can play together. I can't wait to watch it all go wrong. <laughs> um, Jeff, Roger. what's your fl- flop or? Player or team of the year. Okay. And I think it's interesting that no one's mentioned them in any of the other categories, but I think flop of the year is Leicester City. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Nice. No, we haven't mentioned Leicester once in this shed. And I know there are people who support Leicester who listens and they'd be screaming out for why we're giving them the respect. You know, why are we talking about them in the top six because of what they did last year? You know, they only just flopped out on the last day at the mm. top four, etc. But I think that's my problem. I, I, I think that, um, 
the momentum got them so far and their post-COVID results were absolute, um, it was an absolute disaster for them. And it was fair to say that it was in their heads that they'd lost it. They'd lost that thing that made them so formidable and, and so exciting. And with the type of character they've got in that team I'm not sure they'll get it back quick enough and before they know it there'll be two months into the season with the same hangover of we should be in the Champions League now and we're not and and, and that's going to be very very hard for them to reconcile and, and then they're losing players they're not adding players they're losing players so, so I'm well who have they lost? Chilwell, Chilwell. Yeah. only Chilwell though and yeah, I, think they, another good left I think they've replaced him with the Atalanta fullback who looks brilliant yeah for half yeah. the money I, I'm I think that they will have a very disappointing season. By their what, what's a flop for Leicester? If we're saying Jeff's going with Leicester, what, what is No Europe at all. Oh, is, is that, that a flop? flop? I don't know if I agree with that. I no, think if I you're think saying they're half. a flop, yeah, it's bottom half. Yeah. Are you willing to stick your neck out that far? Yeah. I think they've actually done well to keep mm, more of their squad together. I mean, I know there's still time. But if they can not lose any more players, I think they would have taken that. I mean, I think I look at Indeedy. I look if Pereira stays and he's fit. I don't mm. think they've lost anything by Chilwell going, and I think they've got another rampaging fullback that fits with the way they play. And I think if Pereira and Castan, Castan is that his name? The um, the left back, the new guy from Atalanta. Yeah, from Atalanta. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was played right back for Atalanta, but he can play either um, either side. Uh, I, I think that they've got improvement in them. Like, you know, you look at Harvey Barnes and Madison, you know, they've got a number of young players that, that can improve. I think their problem you, is... Don't you worry about them up front? So, I do. So, they need another striker. Yeah, because no, Ian Ancho is not good you enough. Think, you think it's just Vardy? I think Vardy's just ridiculous and can just go on forever. And I think Ian is a fine backup. I think Leicester's problem this year is Europa League. Just they haven't got squad depth at all, which we saw once they lost one or two players. And then you're chucking in a whole load of Europa League games away in strange places. Um, strange places. All these foreign strange <laughs> places. Oh. It might almost be a blessing if they get knocked out early. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Do you think? Where, where they go in France. Oh, it's so strange. Strange. Yeah. Strange over there. Look at their bread. Eat snails and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, Raj. Um, uh, what's your flop the player or team of the year Spurs oh I don't I I'm surprised you didn't sort of go I'm, I'm quite surprised that you think Spurs will do well so, uh, so am I uh, but there's something in, in me that thinks Mourinho's well. lost it I'm with you he's, Rog he's lost it he's poison he's not going to improve that club I'm not impressed with the signings that they've made at all I don't think I think Doherty was good at Wolves but I don't think he's suddenly going to transform Spurs. I mean, he will make them better because, let's be honest, Serge Aurier was an absolute disaster area. Mm. Um, um, it was only a year ago that they were being linked with Dybala. Dybala versus Mac Doherty. Like, it's a bit different. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm totally with you, Roger. And I think that the, the Spurs documentary is quite entertaining for what I've seen. But it's not going to make Spurs, Spurs players like playing for Mourinho, is it? No, it just seems like a prick. Yeah, and, and you're watching him be a prick to your friends, even if he's not a prick to you, or, or he gets makes on with, you know, it's dramatised, I get that. But mm. if you're watching it, which of course you would, you've been filmed, you're watching for yourself on telly, they're all going to go to Netflix, they're all going to watch it, and they're going to go, oh, actually, this bike's a piece of work. 
And you look no. at all the outgoings this year, a lot of their young players over the last couple of years have been touted to be on the fringes of the first team, all getting farmed out on, on loan. You know, Troy Parrott's gone, um, Chip's gone. There's, yeah. you know, there's a number of them. And I, I just, we've known Mourinho does that. And I just, it's not a happy place. And I just don't, you that's, know. You the, know the, that's, you're not saying it's not a happy place. That's the one, I've watched the first three episodes of the Spurs documentary everyone looks miserable like genuinely no one smiles and son is the happiest guy on the planet and the most fun footballer to watch and marino's there going oh you've got to be a bastard you've got to be miserable and yeah, everyone trying to just beat looks it out of him. so glum and it's horrible so yeah i so i just i yeah for that reason i've got yeah. and what's a spurs flop uh outside the top eight is that yeah yeah, yeah, definitely. They, 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 their stadium. They have to have Champions League football, don't they? So, yep. Um, sack race. Who's going to win the sack race, Jeff? This was easy. Oh, Dean Smith. I have to agree. I've gone exactly the same. Oh, I've got him in my <laughs> in my shortlist, but I better go someone different just to mix it up. I think. Um, I'll go Scott Parker. Oh, oh no way, Scotty! Little well, oh, mate, Scotty. Oh, well, oh. no, but his the Fulham owners have a track record. True, and they they used Parker initially because no one would have wanted to go to Fulham. They're like, oh, we'll throw it to the loyal servant to see if he can keep us in the Premier League, knowing that he probably couldn't and would be a good manager to have when they're going back down to the Championship. He's done everything he can to keep them up, but don't don't believe for a minute that that gives him any credits in the bank. I think if things start to go wrong, Parker will get the boot. No, well, look, we've got our interview with Fulham next week, not with Fulham, with a guy from the Fulham, <laughs> Fulham fan, fan club. I'm really, really looking forward to it because there's, you know, Fulham right now are a long way from the Claudio and Yeri Ryan babble days of, <laughs> of only a year and a half ago. Do you know what I mean, it was an absolute basket case where they threw money at it and it didn't work and they went down but the the common thinking and the common thinking is doesn't always mean it's right thinking but the common thinking is you know when you get relegated you come back up the following year you've you've made a bit of money out of that process you've solidified your position you've kept your team together you're you're coming in with a winning mentality with premier league quality players that you signed the year before but you could retain because of the parachute payments helped you afford their wages the common thinking is if you go straight back up you're in a pretty good position to stay there but that is based on them keeping scott parker yeah i i i had him on my list the other person i had on my list was frank lampard yeah same i don't think i didn't find this one that easy i went through and i think if you i was like which managers are under pressure you know for different reasons um and which owners are volatile i have Mourinho, lampard Parker, Moyes, and Dean Smith. Yeah, and I, I think, think just, every other manager in the league, I think, is pretty stable. I think this is the first time this evening I've agreed with Jeff, but I think Jeff and I are hundred percent right. Dean Smith, Villa are going to struggle, and they're going to get rid of Dean Smith, and then they're going to either give the job to John Terry, or they're going to get Big Sam in, or something. But yeah, <laughs> just just pragmatically, he's on the thinnest ice already. Mm. Yeah, do you know what I mean? He, he they survived by one on the last day of the season. He he is already clutching yeah. at straws, and that was only three weeks ago. I think you're you, you're probably right. I just didn't want to agree with you. <laughs> That's fair enough. It's fair um, enough. Right, the last prediction of the night is for our wild card. So this is where you can predict anything 
and it can be something ridiculous, stupid, or whatever um, and that you think may happen this season. Go on, John, look- you get us oh. underway for this one. Okay, my wild card is that no manager will get sacked this season. So I think all 20 managers that are in charge right now will be in charge at the end of the season. Wow. You laughed at me for Everton winning the league, John? It's a wild card. <laughs> it's meant to be ridiculous. Winning the league is not ridiculous. No, my the, the theory is the weird circumstances we're in, so short season, we've just talked about the sack race and gone, actually, I'm not sure who they would get rid of, who they wouldn't get rid of. Paying managers out at the moment is an expensive task and people don't have a huge amount of money. So doing that whole process isn't that easy. The only people that I genuinely think could sack the manager is Aston Villa. All other 19 black teams, I think there's just nothing achieved by sacking their manager, even if they're at the bottom of the league. So I think, Watford aren't there, so so that, that helps. Yeah, so I think there could be no manager sacked all season. Well, very interesting, John. Rog? Uh, well, I've gone with a similar theme, but in a slightly different direction. I've all, gone of them. For... Is it all of them are going to get the sack? <laughs> no, carnage in the capital. Ooh. Mourinho, Arteta and Lampard all get the sack. Oh, wow. Or That'd leave. be good. All leave, shall we say. Wow. Because Mourinho, Roger. I think might, it might be a bitter, you know, mutual divorce. Rog, my wild card was Lampard and Mourinho to not see out the season. <laughs> <laughs> Unreal. I've thrown Arteta in there for good measure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is that just to increase your, increase your return? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. Well, yeah. that's... Very that's all our predictions. Um, so what we'll do is we will um, post those on the website so everyone can see them and judge us for the rest of the season, footballshed.com, um, and we'll see how we go. And a thank um, you to everyone in the week who um, sent us their own predictions. I actually thought there was some really good stuff in there. I think Dom's were excellent, so shout out yes. to Dom. Put a lot of effort I, into that, mate. Yeah, sorry, I was meant to read a few out and I completely forgot. Well, okay, I've got Dom's wildcard in front of me, Leeds United to finish in the top eight. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, Jeff, I'm going to make you happy on my. Do you know what my other wild card was? Not uh, Everton to win, to win the, the Ever- league. Not not to win the Everton Cup to finish sixth. <laughs> Don't tempt me, Roger. <laughs> um, we're running a bit short on time, so we've got a bit of time for an end game. Um, but has anyone got any really quick side stories that they want to bring up before we go to end game? Yes. Go, Rog. Haaland. I have so much love for Haaland at the moment. It's a little bit gross. (laughs) I just think he is so good. And he's so good to watch because he loves it. But um, he scored scored a couple of great goals um, and a good assist (laughs) against Northern Ireland, uh, who they tonked in the week. Um, Both finishes were so good. And so instinctive. I just there's no other striker in the world at the moment doing that, and he is going to score so so many goals. It is the like, worst thing Man United have ever done not yeah. spend the extra five mil to buy him. Ridiculous. But anyway, uh, do you know he, he his favourite player in the Premier League was Michu? Do you remember when Michu yeah, was a bit of a cult hero? Yeah, win, and I yeah. saw that and I was like, that's Michu, what's he doing? And then it, it, it actually was, and I loved that. So I loved that he did that. But my favourite thing was that he's a Leeds fan 
um, mm. because of his dad, obviously. And I think he was actually born in Leeds. Yeah, he was, yeah. Um, from memory. Um, and you see the footage after the game and he goes straight over to Stuart Dallas, um, the Leeds player, and uh, wants to, to swap shirts. And he instigated that. And you can see Dallas's initial reaction is to sort of be a bit starstruck by it. And I just thought that was... I just thought it was so good. You know, it's all this in a, in a game. There's so many things that you love about football from yeah. one player. And he's yeah. just, he's a proper football fan still, isn't he? He's just like a kid going, he's I'm really good at football, but, shop, but he's yeah. amazing. <laughs> can, you, can we just please give some credit to Michu too? Because <laughs> like, it did make <laughs> yes. me think about Michu. And I, I, Cult it, hero. I, know, I know Harlan's much younger than me and that was his favourite, especially his favourite player. Like he just, you know, loved football at the same time as Michu was amazing. I used to fucking love Michu too. I thought he was the nuts. It was such a tragedy that he didn't play for Spain. That bloke was amazing. He played like one game, didn't he? Like right at the end, that's when he had an amazing season for Spain. Didn't Swan- he have one good season at Swansea though? And yeah, that was and he game. played one game for Spain. And then <laughs> but he was he phenomenal. He was absolutely yeah, he phenomenal was. that season. He was a world beater. Um, has anyone got any other side stories? No, good no. to go. Before we get on to Endgame, I just want to let everyone know that we have recorded a couple of, um, and we've mentioned them a few times tonight, a couple of Shed specials, which I can't say. Um, We've got a new fan series where we're recording conversations with fans of Premier League teams who are based here in Australia and talking about um, what their teams are looking forward to in the season, what the season might look like. Um, We've recorded with Marcus from Leeds United or on when did that come out Monday and then we recorded with um, Wayne from Liverpool and that is out now so they're both out now and we've got seven or eight more coming up over the next couple of weeks Um, so we'll get those out so have a listen Um, but that brings us on to Endgame and because we spoke to Liverpool and Leeds fans this week and Liverpool and Leeds are playing each other in the Premier League this weekend first weekend of the season it seems appropriate that we talk about Liverpool and Leeds in the end game. So this game, I was going to do the, <laughs> I was going to do the, the, Roger's face is brilliant right now. The, I was going to do the last time, the last time they played each other in the Premier League, which was 2004. I looked at the teams and it was a bit like, mm, it was when Leeds was all going wrong and they were just trying to find the postman to come and play. So what I've gone for is the last time Leeds beats Liverpool in the Premier League. So it's 2001, so it's 19 years ago, but it's when Leeds were good. Leeds were managed by David O'Leary, um, Liverpool managed by Gerard Hullier. Um, it was the 13th of April 2001 at Anfield, there was 44,116 people there. Alan Wiley was the referee. And also before we start... This is the first game of the season, so we're all on 0-0-0. Rog won last year, but now it's a clean slate. Jeff, because you came last last year, you can go first. Last. <laughs> I like to think of it as third, John. Bronze medal. Um, Alan Smith. Correct. Mark Viduka. Correct. Um... Lee Bowyer. Correct. Oh. All leads so far. Gary Kelly. Ooh. What? Gary Kelly was on the bench and did not come on. Oh, oh yes, you're kidding on. me. You got so a life there, Rog. Rog loses one life. Jeff. 
Um, Harry Kuehl. Correct. Still all Leeds. There's a whole Liverpool team that's quite famous. Uh, Sammy Hupia. Correct. Uh, Gerard. Correct. Ian Hart. Correct. Fernando Morientes. No. Ba-boom. But that means one life down each. Rod, you're up. Don't lose uh, now. Decore. Correct. No. Yes. Yeah, yes. Oliver Decor. Oh, Oliver yeah, Decor, sorry. Yeah, Decor. Oh, no, that's cheating. Is that cheating? <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Olivier. Yes. Jamie Carragher. Correct. Uh, Michael Owen. Correct. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> uh, who's that bloke with a bald head? <laughs> <laughs> That's um, me. You said Ian Hart, didn't you? Yeah. Who was in goal? It's not Nigel Martin. Who was the other bloke? Uh, English bloke. Um, uh, Steve McManaman. No, Steve McManaman is not oh. there. But Rog has to get it right because you went first, Jeff. So Rog needs to get one to win. Paul Robinson? That's the one. He played. He was on the bench and did not play. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Jeff, you're back in. Mm. I should. I kind of went that to stick the boot in. I should have gone my <laughs> other one. Uh. Emil Heskey? Emil Heskey came off the bench. Oh, for fuck's sake. Go again. Um, Steve Finnan. Steve Finnan is incorrect. Oh, no. Well, you need to get this to win. Uh, Radibi. No, there's no Lucas. Oh, <laughs> what? Lucas Radibi didn't play? No, he's not there. Oh, okay. So um, back on you, Jeff. I've got. We could be I've here got, for a few hours. No, everybody. I've got. I've got a few. Um, Yari Lipmanen. <laughs> no, Yari Lipman is not on there. Uh, I like. The, I like the choice. Jonathan Woodgate. <laughs> Jonathan no, Woodgate. He can't. <laughs> he's got he Jesus. <laughs> okay. All uh, right, I've got another one. Michael Bridges. No. Uh, Schmitzer. Oh, Vladimir Schmitzer. Vladimir Schmitzer came off the bench. Oh. So you got to go again, Rog. Uh, Robbie Fowler? Correct. Oh. Fowler. Rog wins. That, that was, was good. good. That was a good one. Patrick Berger? So Patrick Berger played as well. So Liverpool's team was Sander Vesterveld. Uh, Marcus Babel. I was trying to remember the eyebrows. All I could picture was eyebrows. <laughs> um, <laughs> Stefan Honcho, Sammy Hupier, Jamie Carragher, Patrick Berger, Stephen Gerrard, Diddy Hamann, Danny Murphy, Robbie Fowler, Michael Owen. Then Leeds United, you said one of them, Nigel Martin, Jeff. Yeah. Oh. Surprised you, as soon as you knew it wasn't Robinson, why didn't you go back for Martin? And then uh, Danny Mills, Rio oh, Ferdinand, yeah. Dominic Matteo, Ian Hart. David Batty, Lee Bowyer, Oliver Decor, Harry Kuehl, Alan Smith. 
and Mark Faduka. Game, John. I know we got Game. a lot wrong, but I reckon we could have got both those teams. Yeah. No, like those teams who kind of classic Liverpool and Leeds. Yeah. Great. Great. Well, that's our predictions done. We're ready for the season. Um, it's all very exciting. Anyone got anything before we go? Yeah, I can't wait for the Premier League to start. Three more days, I think. Game of the weekend this weekend. Liverpool leads. But it's on at two thirty a.m. in the morning Australia time. But why didn't they think of us when they scheduled the timing? Yeah, I know. It would have been a great, great early kickoff. But it will be fantastic to be back next week talking about actual football that's happened. I'm looking um, forward to it greatly. And Jeff, Everton have Spurs away this weekend. That's a really tricky start. No, no way. Three <laughs> 0 Rodriguez hat trick. <laughs> <laughs> awesome well um, thanks for listening everyone we will be back next week um, and don't forget to check out the Shed specials um, don't forget if you want to get in contact ask us questions or tell us we're wrong about something just find us on Facebook or shoot us an email at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com thanks for listening everybody bye bye see ya and-